Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Shankivia of Sawdust and Fabric out of Atlanta. And I had such a great time talking with uh, Shankivia. We've been trying to get together on this for a little bit uh, now, so it was great that we finally did uh, work out our schedules and get a chance to talk about how she got into not only woodworking, but upholstery as well. But before we get into the episode, I want to give a very special shout out and thanks to all of the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you very much, Amy of Bison Valley Carving, Brandy of Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Dan and Kelly of Reclaimed Living Store, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs, and Mary Lou, made by Mary Lou. Thank you all so very much for your support. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you. And if you would like to check out how you can become a part of the tribe, head on over to Patreon. Uh, it's just Maker Mom Podcast on Patreon. We've got a dollar level, a three dollar level, and a five dollar level. And there's a different Uh, bonuses, if you will, at all of those different levels. Uh, So you can go ahead and go check that out and see about joining the tribe. And also make sure that you follow along with Maker Mom Podcast over on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom Podcast. And the link in the bio there, you can get to Patreon, you can get to show notes for this episode and all the other past episodes. You can get to the weekly Zoom link since we're doing weekly Zooms now, Zoom meetings right now. So you can get to all of that over there on Instagram. And uh, one last thing I haven't asked for in a while, please make sure that uh, whatever device or platform you are listening to the podcast on, whether that be iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or anything else, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and get notifications for it. And if you would be so kind, if you are enjoying this podcast, like I know so many of you are, please head on over, especially on iTunes, and give a review, rate and review. Uh, That helps Maker Mom Podcast get found by others. And I really do appreciate all of you who have already done that and gone over there and given a review. All right, with no further ado, here is Shankivia of Sawdust and Fabric. Well... For starters, let's just have you give a brief um, introduction about yourself. My name is Shantivia Mitchell, um, and I am a custom woodworker upholsterer. Um, That's what I do for money. (laughs) Um, And it started out as a hobby. 
Uh, well, let me go back. I have, I'm married with kids, three children, 15, 13, and six. Um, so I got started in this with, um, my husband is a Marine, so we moved to California, um, moved back. I was finishing up my college degree. I started working with the company that I did my internship with, which was a paraprofessional. I went to school for uh, biblical studies and human relations. So I did my internship with the company that went around to schools to help kids with uh, behavioral issues. After doing that for about six months, I was like, mm, I can't do this no more. I need to quit my job and stay home, make sure my kids have a good foundation before they get out here because the school system was like wrecked from the schools that I went around to. So um, when while homeschooling, I was trying to find some areas that might pique their interest outside of academics and they're boys. I didn't have the little girl at the time, so I just thought for sure woodworking, building stuff with, they were like, oh yeah, they could care less. They weren't interested. They're like, do we have to do this? <laughs> and I was like, what? You're not, that's not fun? I'm like, not really. So I figured I would continue on. Um, so that's how I got started on woodworking with upholstery. I started out quilting because my grandmother who was 91 at the time was about to pass. And I was like, you know what? She, I need to learn how to do this so I can pass it down. However, it took too long to quilt. So uh, I was like, let me do upholstery because I still could work with fabric and you know, so that's how I got started. All right. Um, I will say you're the first maker mom I've had on that has done biblical studies. So that's super intriguing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, after, so like right before high school, I got really serious about my faith and stuff. And in high school, I was part of junior ROTC. So which I loved it. I was part of drill team with, you know, rifle competition and all that. And I got accepted to West Point. And I didn't take it. Um, yeah, I think I should have, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I signed up for biblical college, um, Bible college, and that's where I met my husband. And not doing anything with a biblical studies degree. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, yeah, West Point's a big deal. Yeah. One of my, one of my um, good friends in high school was in uh, junior ROTC as well, but she did not take it any further past high school uh, Yeah. Had I been a bit smarter and wiser, then I would have taken it. The reason, the reason I told myself I didn't take it at the time, I told myself, you know, I'm too hot-headed. I can't deal with people getting up in my face, blah, blah, blah. But I think I was just, I think I was just afraid. Mm -hmm. I was just afraid. Um, my husband was in Marine Corps, um, which really isn't his personality. He just kind of did it to prove that he could do it. So mm -hmm. he did four years and got out. Uh, but I think it would have been something that would have really stuck with me. So right now my 15 year old is in a young Marine program. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. 
Are you still homeschooling them or are they well, there's now? Well, everybody's well, true. Everybody's yeah. homeschooling now. But. but but was I before the whole <laughs> shutdown? No, um, it just wasn't a good fit at the time. My reason for taking them out to homeschool was, I know the right reason, but for the long term, just because of where I was at the time, it just wasn't a good learning environment because me and my oldest butt heads all the time, and it was just a lot of mm. yelling and frustration. So. We did that for about two and a half years, and then they went to a private school, which was really, really small, and it still kind of had like the homeschool feel to it, mm-hmm. so that's where they were before they transitioned back to uh, public charter schools. Okay. Yep. Um, so let's go back a little bit to uh, your childhood. What was your childhood like? Um, what oh, kind of were you interested uh, in? You don't want to know that. <laughs> Not one. I know everybody say they had a dysfunctional childhood, but mine was very, very dysfunctional. Um, what, uh, creativity was not part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I played with dolls a little bit and, you know, cut up stuff to make them clothes and stuff. That's about it as far as creativity went. Like I didn't I didn't know I didn't know I had a creative thing until I was homeschooling. Um I grew up here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Metro Atlanta, um, like not too far from downtown. Um in in what most would consider rough neighborhood. Um, so there's this main street that was called Stewart Avenue back in the day. They ginger, they're gentrifying. So now this name has changed. So on one side was really, really bad. And then the other side, which where I lived, it was bad, but people really didn't know because it was, the homes were kept up a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as, you know, not as obvious from the outside. Yeah, from the yeah. other side. However, I was still in the midst of all of it. Um, went to school in rough neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. yeah, my childhood was addiction in my family. So yeah, things were rough. Growing up. Okay. Well, I mean, you talked about what you did for college, and after that, I do want to ask, like, so because because you had boys, you have boys who are older, that's, is that what made you think woodworking or, I mean, like, I mean, that was just, I was just like, I need, I I just want to find out something because I would ask them and, you know, they didn't do a whole lot around the house besides run outside and play pretty much kind of like my childhood was. And because I was, I wasn't exposed to a lot of things. There were a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't know where to start with trying to expose them to stuff. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, they're boys. So let's go get some, a hammer and stuff, a drill. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was kind of just like a pull out a straw, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so, I mean, but in order for you to like help teach them, that means you're teaching yourself, right? Or do oh, you yeah. have help? Yeah. So when I when I did this for them, I just got kind of like one of those little build kits from Home Depot Mm -hmm. and tried to start with that. Um, And there really wasn't much to teach. It was pretty much just they had all the stuff pretty much just put in a screw, drill it, Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of teaching myself everything. And at the time, I was real big into HGTV and those shows. What was that? What was like the beginning of that whole era uh, where they would go in and redo somebody, a space in somebody's home? And Oh, uh, like... Yeah, I can't think of the name. Trading yeah. Spaces? Was something, it Trading yeah, Spaces? The one before, the, yeah, something like that. Okay. So uh, I kind of, I think that's kind of one of the other things that sparked it too. Because I was like, I could do this. So I just started looking at YouTube videos and Pinterest. And yeah, I, mm-hmm. I looked at a lot of Anna White. I used a lot of her plans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, With upholstery, I took one class, a beginner's class at the Atlanta Tech, and then couldn't afford the next level. So I just used what I learned from there and YouTube videos. And Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. Um, So what was what do you what was like one of your first projects like, kind of more solo, like not kit type. You know, what was one of your first ones? You so followed? it wasn't, so this, ta- this actually the table that I'm sitting at now. Um, well, I, I didn't build it. It was, um, but it was definitely the thing that was like, hey, I can build my own stuff. So I wanted a wood table, a nice wood dining room table. And I found one um, secondhand that was covered in paint. So I completely stripped it down to the raw wood and restained it and stuff. But my first build, I think, was the kitchen island. We bought a house shortly after that. I'm going to try to turn it around, see if you can see. So we have this really big kitchen, and we had no counter space at all. Uh, Nope. Oh, because the camera's in front of me. So... Okay, yeah. That island. I mm-hmm. built that. That was my first really big build, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that was it. And for my first build, I, I, I kind of went big, but... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, especially, I mean, because that's t- kind of like built-in type of uh, piece, too, not just... Um, yeah like standalone, you know, piece of Well, furniture. it is standalone. It is standalone. Um, I brought it in separate. So I, I was able to get in the whole base and then the top I assembled after we got it through the doors, mm-hmm. got it in. Oh, you know what? No, my first bill was storage shelves for the garage. Okay. It's big, but mm-hmm. um, the... Whole, I think I got those plans from Anna White too, but yeah, that was the. So that kitchen island, were you working from plans or was that your own design? No, I just kind of eyeballed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, was like, I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. What do you remember, kind of feeling and learning through that process of building that island? how I probably should have used some plans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because there was a lot of improvising uh, as I did stuff and saw how I was messing it up. So I mm-hmm. had to figure out how to make it work. It's like, man, this is, this is a lot of wood, so we got to make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came out fine. There's still some things that I would, I would do different next time. 
but not a whole lot. All in all, I think I did a pretty good job for the first time. One of the things, um, I think one of the big things that I learned was order the order of process and yeah. really thinking things through. Um, because sometimes you get, if you do something before you're supposed to, you can't go back mm -hmm. and take it loose and, you know, fix it. So, um, really, if I don't have plans to really take like a few days, if not a few weeks to go mm -hmm. over and over and over the plan to make sure that it's going to make sense in the process. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. One, I'm glad to hear that it seems like you've learned because I still haven't learned that. No, I still, I, I still I, jump I, right into a project. Yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't say, I didn't say I learned it and mastered it. I just know that that's what needs to be done. Because um, like now, right now, I'm working on a cabinet for the living room. And man, I'm playing. There's so many things I got to go back and I'm almost done with it, but like yeah, there's so many things that I did not think through mm -hmm. that now I'm going back and trying to remedy, uh, find a remedy to. I mean, mm -hmm. it's working out, but still, it's just like, all you had to do was just write your plan out and go over and over. <laughs> but yeah, I always just jump right into stuff. Yeah, I think, I think it's one of those things, right? You're you get excited about something. Exactly. And, and so it's like you just, you just get to start. Yeah, you just want to get started on it. Because the other hand is, sometimes I'm, I'm notorious for overthinking. And then I never get started. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of at that, I'm still trying to learn how to balance the jumping in with planning effectively and all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so with that first build, what kind of tools were you working with to, to make it oh, at that time? A scroll saw, drill. I think that's about it. Scroll saw, uh, power drills. Um, yep, that's wow. about it. I think my <laughs> I think right after I built that, not too long after that, my cousin bought me a um, a table saw from a pawn shop. Mm -hmm. But I think I did the Allen with a scroll with a scroll saw. I mean, a circular saw, and mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah, I mean, I think was that the first time you'd used like the circular saw with that project? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I've had, I can't tell you exactly when, but I've had, I had some exposure to tools before I started woodworking, not like on a consistent, mm -hmm. you know, basis, but there are a few times I was maybe over an uncle's house or a cousin's house and they was doing something and they showed me how to do it. And I guess I remembered or just, Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, nothing consistent, but I don't think it was the first time I was exposed to um, a saw. Okay. Okay. Um, have you found any tools intimidating at all or have you felt like pretty comfortable just going for it? Ah, uh, yes. 
all tools are intimidating. Well, not not all. I know the router was real, real intimidating when I first got it. Um, because, yeah, because I didn't understand that kick, that jerk that it does mm -hmm. when you turn it on. Um, so that was, I was really, really scared to use that on. And I didn't start out with the little trim router. I went and got <laughs> went the big. The, you went for the big boy, right? The one with the big horns yeah. on the side. <laughs> Like, I never start out gradually. I always <laughs> have to go big in the beginning. But, um, so, yes, that and and the scroll saw. Mm -hmm. um, I still, like, I have a, a custom cutting board that I'm working on now. Um, I just, I don't, yeah, I still hadn't, I may do with it, but mm -hmm. I'm sure there's something that I'm missing to make it a lot more smoother. Cause I see videos and people are just whipping right. and, I'm like, and I'm like pushing the blade too hard. But if I don't push the blade, it's yeah. not cutting. And it's like, so yeah, um, I want to use, I haven't gotten, oh, and the, the band saw, I have one that's not working for me at all. I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm just not doing it right or what, but it's in the garage, but I don't use it because is it a like a tabletop one or yeah whatever? it's a ryobi and the blade i just I, I guess i'm not getting attention right because the blade just moves whenever i put the wood oh. up t to it it just so i got one mm -hmm. but i don't use it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm with you on the scroll saw um i i figured out i'm just not good at it because i can't sew to save my life and to me a scroll saw is basically like a sewing machine but for wood oh. <laughs> and and so it's just like i'm with you i can't get that like the tight curve radius or anything like that it's just yeah i'm not I figure it out and once I, I i think probably about 15 minutes in i kind of find a rhythm mm -hmm. um it's still not like some of the ones who you know that's all they do is make signs and stuff mm -hmm. but i get it good enough to where i'm like okay we got this it may take me about a day mm -hmm. or two to finish whatever it is but mm -hmm. yeah so right now so is your garage your shop space is that where you get to work in? so yes that's where i started however before this before the whole uh coronavirus i joined a kind of like a woodworkers co-op type thing um because i i was commissioned a project where i really wanted to make sure i was using quality tools mm -hmm. so because they have like the big drum sander and you know they got a mm -hmm. cnc machine they got they got everything yeah um however they're closed so the garage is the shop with mm -hmm. my limited tools again so um this project that i was doing a, a rain waterfall epoxy desk oh yeah and it's kind of come to a halt because it's all walnut and walnut is expensive and mm -hmm. i was going to cut the so he wanted um inside uh, inside inside shelves mm -hmm. inside the waterfall yeah so the leftover wood that i had from the from the from the whole slab i was gonna 
cut those pieces in half to make the shelving. You're going to resaw them? Resaw them. So I started resawing them and the place shut down. So I yeah. can't finish it. Um, you need a you need a nice big industrial bandsaw to do those exactly. things. Yep. Exactly. So right now the only thing I can do is sand, which t is taking forever, sanding the top and the waterfall leg from because mm -hmm. I planed it. I was also going to use the CNC router to make everything level. Mm -hmm. Well, I used my router for the first time to do that. And <laughs> <laughs> the first, I, the first side, I started out on the wrong side. You're supposed to start out with the flattest part down. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't do that. And I took on way too much on one end. Gotcha. So now I'm trying to fix it. So I've gotten everything to where it's not too thin. It's still like like maybe an inch. Yeah. So one corner is still a little off. So my plan is to take some epoxy to level it back out because yeah. you really you won't be able to see it because it's on the inside of the waterfall. Yeah. But if it's not level, it's going to bring up that side yeah. of the bottom. So that's really all I can do from home is to get the top and the leg mm -hmm. all sanded. And those rivets from the router, oh, my God. Like, I've already spent, like, days <laughs> trying to get all that to where you don't see the rivets from the... Yep, yep. Oh, God, it takes so much time. Yeah. Well, and especially sanding, sanding resin is no joke. Yeah, um, yeah. If you can, um, I don't. Ha have you done a lot of work with resin at all? Not, not on this scale. Okay. Not on this scale. Before so, it's just been little. So, is the top finish meant to be resin, or were you going to be finishing it with like oil or something like that? I'm gonna, I bought some osmosis if I'm sent oil yeah. that I'm going to finish it with. Yeah. So since you're going to finish it with oil, um, if you didn't already know, you got to sand to like 6,000 grit mm. on that resin <clears throat> just to get it to, you know, look nice. But if you, if you have the opportunity, not with this project, but maybe with another project, it's best to just do like, to, to do the top coat finish as resin uh, because then you don't have to sand to 6,000. You can sand yeah. to 80 and the resin's going to fill in all of the scratches and you would never even know. Like, yeah, he wants a matte finish. Uh, <laughs> don't, even, don't even ask me if I charged right for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, you didn't. I know. Did not. I, I know did you not. did not. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I already know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I, I'm. I had I'm, a coffee, I'm learning. Yeah, I had a coffee table uh, that where I encased a slab in resin. Mm -hmm. Um. And I used nine gallons of resin on that slab, on that coffee table. And I mean, what I sold it for was barely, barely above uh, 
materials. Mm-hmm. And, and somebody was like, how can you, and, and it was a lot. I was, it was still charging a lot. They're like, how can you charge that much? And I'm like, a gallon of resin is a hundred dollars. There's nine gallons of resin in there. Yes. <laughs> so you know what I did? Because after I had went to him and so originally we, it wasn't supposed to be a riverbed. Originally it was just supposed to be some cracks. Okay. Then when we got, I got to the wood place and they had just got in all new. So what the estimate that I had for the wood, they didn't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. They had all this new stuff, which was much, much, much more expensive. So the plan was in order to save on the wood. So he still could use quality walnut. Yep. Let's get a smaller piece split it and do the riverbed gotcha make it wider right mm-hmm. well i had no clue epoxy resin was so <laughs> much then i looked at it and i'm like god dang i'm gonna need 10 gallons of resin so then my plan so he he gave me another 300 because i still mm-hmm. needed more but i was like i can't ask him i know i can't ask him for a thousand bucks Mm-hmm. So my plan was, okay, I'm just going to route out a shallow riverbed. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did, um, which only took a gallon and a half, maybe. I did mm-hmm. a shallow riverbed. So, and then that's what I've done. So yeah. we shall see how this turns out whenever <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel your pain. I'll just say that. I feel your pain <laughs> on that. Um, and yeah, I think I saw um, a picture posted recently, you with um, Char and Tammy mm-hmm. at that uh, the, the so, yeah, that's maker the space, the co-op uh-huh. space. Yeah. Um, so hopefully when all of this mess is over and you can get back into that space. Um, yeah. I'm assuming, are are you looking to be able to do, like, bigger projects, like, more complicated things by being in that sort of a workspace? Yes, and I wouldn't necessarily say more complicated, but I want to be, I want, I want to get experience using those tools um, so I can take the quality of my work to another level and not to say that I can't do that with what I have Mm -hmm. um, because I know I should really just spend more I I need to spend more time in the shop with what I have Um, but I'm a fancy eye fancy thing girl so (laughs) if I can go here and this you know then I'll do that and then when I'm home. So now that I'm home, I am starting to spend more time in the shop working on polishing some skills, but I feel like if they have the tools to make it take less time mm-hmm. and look still look good, if not better in some cases, right. then why not do that? I don't have a whole lot of time to mm-hmm. like this sanding I'm going to be doing. <laughs> cheese <laughs> uh-huh. yep so yeah all right uh do you think like you would get to a point of teaching classes there yes i know they're always asking so um when that will happen you know like how soon 
for me being a part or whatever, I don't know. They, they don't have a, a, I guess, I don't know what word to use. They don't have, they don't say like, oh, you have to be a member for a month or whatever. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Um, as long as you can prove that you know how to use the tools, which you have to know how to do, or at least be learning how to do sufficiently while you're there, mm-hmm. then they're okay with you teaching a class. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see probably some need for like the you know for upholstery type classes Um, so I do those I have I've done two upholstery workshops at the studio space where I work okay that's what I do there at the reverie that's Mm -hmm. where I do my upholstery instead of at the home house now um so I hold those type of workshops there because of the space um there's no sawdust yeah <laughs> around there um and decatur makers the space necessarily is kind of tight there with all they have there and all the different departments because they have mm-hmm. a wood shop they have a um welding area everything is already kind of compact gotcha. compact so I mean, if if needed be, they can make some room for an upholstery class or whatever, but I already have space for that at mm-hmm. the Reverie, so that's not you. something. Um, I mean, if they ask me to do one there, then I'm sure I can make it happen, but my plan mm-hmm. for upholstery workshops are at the Reverie. Okay. So it sounds like uh, in good times, you've got basically three working spaces currently, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, And so you are, this is your business. You're making furniture for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, At what point did you, did it turn into a a business versus just, you know, something you were doing for yourself? When I couldn't afford to buy any more tools. (laughs) (laughs) It was like this, you know, I need this tool, but it's getting expensive. Um, And two people would ask me to, you know, uh, do stuff. And I tend to work harder for other people than I do myself. And I knew that if I was doing stuff for other people that I was going to make sure I did it good and did my best. Mm -hmm. So I figured, well, if you want to get good, Mm -hmm. maybe we should, you know, go Mm -hmm. ahead. And I always wanted to own my own business. Like I did a lot of like network marketing things and stuff in the past which just really wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't work because I believe with just about anything, if you put the time and work into it, you can make it work. But at the end of the day, I just always felt like I was still working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So how did you, I mean, are you, basically are you growing your business like word of mouth or how do you get clients? pretty much pretty much so I'm working on pretty much word of mouth and Instagram um, I've gotten a good bit of business lately from Instagram and since I was at the re- since I've been at the reverie I'm around 14 other females and you know their clients come in and see my space, learn about what I do, and then I get clients that way. So it's pretty much word of mouth. Okay. Okay. 
So it doesn't sound like there was anything that held you back at all from making that leap into business uh, for yourself. No, just my own. Well, so I wouldn't say anything held me back, but I would say that there are a lot of things that has slowing down my progress and growth and all those things are just me Mm -hmm. Uh, and they can actually those things can be boiled down to two things laziness and money (laughs) I mean just to be honest with it Mm -hmm. um, so yeah yeah but you're also um, you know a wife and mom to three yeah, so that keeps you busy too. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you kind of manage? I mean, how do you manage all that? You're juggling. I don't know. Pro- client <laughs> projects and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. I. I everybody's alive. Nobody's. You know. Uh huh. Called the police yet so I guess I'm managing okay managing okay but there are days and times it's like I don't know can I I don't don't know can I sit can I breathe like should I should should yeah I don't know so today the house is quiet my son is drawing the other two are playing without yelling and screaming at each other my husband's working without yelling and screaming so i guess we're doing okay today right there is there a a thought out method to it some days not most days Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah just kind of uh survival i can understand that now Every week, every week on like Sunday, I'll say, okay, I'm going to, you know, spend time mapping out my schedule and stuff. And I'll do that. Um, And sometimes I'll stick to it throughout the week and things will go really, really well. And then other times, part of it is I'm more spontaneous by nature. So I'll make a plan, like let's say for groceries. I'll say, okay, I'm planning out the meals for the week and go grocery shopping based on those meals. And then by Tuesday, it's like, I don't want to do that. Let's <laughs> do something different with what we have. Uh-huh. And then all that goes out the window. So that's kind of that's how I roll most uh-huh. of the times. I get that too. I can't stick to a weekly grocery shopping list. It just uh-huh. doesn't work. No. <laughs> um, so I want to, since, I mean, it's extremely relevant because all of us are going through this craziness right now with, uh, with COVID and stuff. And like you said, brought up at the beginning, right? Everybody's kids are home with yes. this right now. So <clears throat> how, how is that for you right now and managing to still try to get work done actually it's really good well on the work part i kind of it's not bad um i really could be doing a little bit more work than so i i have two pro i only have two projects right now Okay. A cutting board that um, is has been a little intricate for me 
I still could have been finished with it last week, but actually I'm going to make sure I finish it this weekend. And then the, the desk. I can't do a whole lot with the desk. Um, however, I've been working on projects for my house. I'm redoing my living room. So I'm building a little platform style sectional, two bookshelves, a cabinet. I still have painting to finish. I built a planter box. So I think just with work, I'm just trying to fit it in when I can. You know, when I don't have to be sitting down right next to one of the kids to do work, then I'll try to get something in. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, just being home with everybody, it's actually been good. Um, I mean, we, they're kids. Yeah. My husband, you know, we have those moments. It's like everybody's looking to get away from each other. But for the most part, I think we, we're doing, we're laughing a lot joking a lot together a lot Mm -hmm. so it's it's good I would I think to be honest we we could we could stand to do this a lot longer Mm -hmm. because I think this my son's looking at me like what (laughs) (laughs) he's sitting across from me (laughs) but I, I I think it's good for us right now because we're 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 together we're forced to kind of help each other out and get along and stuff. So, okay. I'm enjoying it. Good. Uh, just for my own curiosity, how long have you guys been all home together? This makes the fourth week. What? I think this is the fourth week. And then this week is spring break. Spring break. My son says it's the fifth week, but I think it's the fourth. Ours is the fourth week. Uh, yeah, I right think it's the fourth us. week. Yeah. Are, they, are you guys on spring break? No, ours uh, actually started with spring break. So oh, okay. our spring break was coming up mid-March. And okay. so when all the schools started to shut down. And so ours just went until spring break started. And then <clears throat> originally they tacked on three additional weeks pat which is what this week would have been like the third week past spring break and then now of course like we're all shut down through april and my assumption is is we'll probably go further than that but that's oh what yeah it is right the now. governor yeah the governor here has already said we're done for the year oh really yours you guys already went yeah uh, yeah i'm sure that's coming for us as well <laughs> now how many kids do you have I have two. Uh, my oldest is will be seven in June, and he's a first grader. And then okay. my my youngest is four and in preschool. So, um, but like you, you know, honestly, it's gone better than what I maybe necessarily yeah. expected. And the kids have honestly gotten along pretty darn well. Like there's yeah. you know. Every day there is definitely, you know, multiple hours where they can play together and not fight and just really yeah. enjoy each other. And that's nice. Like, it's nice to see them get to have that time together, too, that yeah. they normally don't get to have. So, yeah. So, you know, we might be drinking a little bit more alcohol than normal. But you know? <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
I was mixing wine with my tea at dinner the other there night. And, and, <laughs> and I always get the side eye from one of my kids. Cause mm-hmm. that, cause, I mean, it's not, we, we drink occasionally. Like if I buy a bottle of wine or something, it'll last yeah. for like months. Yeah. <laughs> Might not be the case for the next couple of months. <laughs> That's right. That's and right. look, there may be something a little harder than wine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you if you feel like you've had any challenges uh, getting started kind of in this woodworking, you know, furniture making world um either because you're female or because you're a person of color have you felt like you've hit any roadblocks or any challenges i wouldn't say just outright overtly if -hmm. that's the right word but i do think is it's been there Mm-hmm. Not, I don't think not major. Well, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had any. I don't, I haven't had any. Anyone just say to me or whatever. I, I mean, you know, I get the occasional, when I go to Lowe's or Home yeah. Depot or something. You know, a guy or something will be like, "What you do? What you think you're gonna do with that? Or you right. can't do that? <laughs> you know? I mean, I get that." Not as much anymore now because I'm a regular. Mm-hmm. So when I do get that, one of the workers would be like, "Oh no, not her! Believe me, she knows what she's doing." Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because I know that I've because I've experienced that, I know that there are some people that know what I do that could use me and need me that just haven't hired me because I'm a female. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know I can I don't think that I could say is because I'm black but definitely because I'm a female mm-hmm. um, I have had there's are you familiar with Keen Rental it sounds it sounds super familiar so they rent out vintage furniture they oh uh, yeah 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 so they are close with us at the reverie Mm-hmm. So they display in our lounge area. <clears throat> um, there was a time when I kind of felt like I kind of was overlooked to do something, but that could have just be, been me being in my feelings because they rent out furniture. I don't rent out furniture, but they also do like uh, installations where they like can build like a background. Mm-hmm. I can do that. And the person that one of the people that I know know hired them I've kind of actually really really close with and mm-hmm. I kind of felt like well, why did they ask them and not me but that could have been a multiple reasons that could have mm-hmm. been you know maybe they got their stuff together a little bit more than me so I've been trying to be objective and to be honest about where I am in my business when those types of issues come up to mm-hmm. not automatically assume and jump to the conclusion that it's because I'm black and I'm a mm-hmm. female, right. not that it's not out there. Um, and it will always be there, but I just try not to be 
yeah, I just try to be honest with myself about who I am, where I am first before I try to make that as, as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> um, you know, that's a, it's a question I ask every maker mom just about what challenges they feel they faced and some face a lot and some don't feel like they faced any. So I think it's just, I, I do also think it has somewhat to do with location too, where mm-hmm. you are. Yeah, you know, exactly. In the country. I think that plays a lot into it as well. Um, what do you hope that your kids learn from watching you own your own business and make stuff? Hard work and not, and not hard work in the sense of, Oh, you got a slave mm-hmm. to get anywhere, but hard work in the aspect of being consistent, working hard to do whatever it is you want to do, you know, because we had this thing one time, with one of my kids, it was always like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. But it was changing. And it was really because, okay, he could see from what everybody else see what kind of money it might bring. And then, you know, I remember saying to him one time, and it w- it seemed like it would change based on his idea of how much work or how it seemed like it was easy. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember saying one time, even, even the drug dealer has to have good work ethic and has to know how to handle and deal with money and business and all that. So there is nothing that's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would, I want them to, you know, understand whatever you want to do that you feel like is going to be good for you and you're going to enjoy doing, it's going to take hard work. Right. It's going to take hard work. So yeah, hard work. Okay. What is your favorite part about being about making furniture? Everything. <laughs> and because sometimes I'm doing it and I'm like, why why am I doing this? Why did I pick this? Like why can I be a painter or something? <laughs> There's so many times I'm in the middle of a project and I'm like, why did this have to be my passion? Like, why can I just like want to paint? And, but it's, it's just what I love to do. Um, I love coming up with the, I love the whole process of seeing an idea, coming up with an idea, trying to map it out, getting the tools together, getting the pieces together, putting it together working out the kinks even even when the kinks make me mad or make me cry <laughs> once i figure it out it's like i did that mm-hmm. so it's it's all of it okay all right what's your favorite part about being a mom <laughs> there, there, there is a favorite part <laughs> What's your favorite part? <laughs> What's my favorite part? Hmm. Their humor. Oh. That always make what I love. Is yeah. They make me laugh. Yeah. I would, I would say that one too. You know, 
they're my favorite. See, okay, so I don't do good with favorites. <laughs> I don't have a favorite food. I don't have a favorite color. I just, it's like, there's so many. Why, why narrow it down to one? Like, why? <laughs> Why does there have to be one? Why does there have doesn't to have to be one? You could tell me everything is your favorite about being a mom. <laughs> so I guess their humor. Um, I guess seeing <clears throat> seeing my my good and my bad in them. And I think the good thing about seeing my bad in them because it helps me learn other areas I need I need to work on and grow mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I, th- I think that would be if I had to pick number one seeing <laughs> um me and my seeing my good and bad in them mm-hmm. yeah okay all right and see I wasn't even saying you had to pick just one it's it's okay. Well, well, but, so we ended up with two: their That's humor, right. the one that I said. Um, you, you know what? And seeing their own their own person that has nothing to do with me or my right. husband. You know that other part of who they are. Um, seeing how gorgeous they are because they came from me. That's right. <laughs> and I have beautiful kids. Like my son sitting right now, even with his finger in his nose, he's still <laughs> handsome. <laughs> now he's mad at me because I said that. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Okay. So what would you what would be your advice for a mom another mom who wants to like tackle a new skill? Like, you know, woodworking, upholstery building but is hesitant to get started. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> There's no, I mean, because you won't, you won't, you won't know your strengths. You won't know your weaknesses until you just do it. And then once you do it, then you'll see, okay, I need to spend some more time learning this. I need to put more time into, uh, however you learn. Um, and then those areas that are already your strengths, those things give you momentum to keep going. So there, yeah, just, just do it. Awesome. All right. So we're at the end of our time, but I want to let wow. you have some, uh, have a moment to tell people how they can find you on all of the interwebs. You can find me on Instagram at sawdust underscore fabric. Facebook, I don't know. I really don't do much on Facebook. I just tag my Instagram stuff and let it go to Facebook. Um, my website is sawdustandfabric.com. I just made a lot of changes to it, so I think it's a lot more functional and looks better now. So, <laughs> so sawdustandfabric.com is my website, and sawdust underscore fabric is my IG. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. No problem. That didn't seem like an hour. I know. It goes fast. All right. Again, that was Shankivia of Sawdust and Fabric. I will include all the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes. As always, uh, make sure you check out at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. Link in the bio. Uh, there's a link right within there. It's a link tree link 
and you can get to again patreon uh, if you want to check out joining at the one dollar three dollar or five dollar level per month um, or you can also get to the show notes so you can go to this episode and follow along with shankivia or any of the other awesome maker moms that have been on the podcast so far all right uh as always i hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Um, I hope you are staying safe, staying healthy, and if you can, stay home. And if not, I thank you for whatever service you are providing out there in the world right now and putting yourselves in harm's way. I really do appreciate it. Um, those who, you know, may work in grocery stores or manufacturing or in healthcare, whatever, thank you all so very much. And, um, yeah, have a good weekend. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Mm-hmm.